0: Aaron, Aaron does, does Paul's like mantle of Superman count as false gods? Thus, we should start a jihad. I agree. All right. I agree. Join my jihad against Paul. Okay.
1: Whatever.
2: You're just going to— Worshiping the false gods.
1: am just going to take, take my shit and bring it to your house. <laughs>
2: They're just jihadists, Paul. <laughs> We're just going to divvy it up amongst ourselves. You know, kind of like uh, the Illuminati did with the Infinity Gems.
0: Oprah hands out the infinity gems and you get a gem. You get
1: a gem. Nope, only six. (laughs) You don't get a gem, though. You get the glove. You get a smart
3: car.
4: What's (laughs) the the gift tax on an infinity gem?
3: (laughs) Well, it's it's priceless, therefore, there is no tax because it's worth nothing. In theory.
0: Mm. Wow, that's that's one of those. Uh, that's an Andrew accounting mm. moment, isn't it? <laughs> no, seriously. So
3: there there's a story after the uh, oil spill down in the Gulf, and they're trying to. They're talking about how hard it is to determine damages, and they're like, well, how much exactly is a duck worth? Now, seriously, <laughs> how much money do you assign them for killing a duck? And they're like, well, some people say ducks are priceless. However, in accounting world, if you say something's priceless, that means it's worthless. So that counts zero.
2: It depends on the duck. So, for instance, if it's Howard the duck, not much.
3: But if it's (laughs) Scrooge McDuck... (laughs) oh <laughs> well, he's worth a lot <laughs> exactly but most ducks don't have an actual uh, you know bank statement you can check to see how much they're worth <laughs> it's, not like, it's not like it's like hey quacky McQuackerson there uh, what's your what, let me see your let me see your uh, account balance I'm gonna need to see your W2 that's right
0: <laughs> what we do is we count all the ducks and then that's how many balls you get when you go to the dunk the BP vice president in a bat of tar oh there we go tank and yeah that's. I see now do. that's
3: that's the outside of the box thinking that uh, they need. Well, I,
2: I think that what you do is you take the the BP CEO and you lock him in a room full of feral ducks. <laughs> is,
3: is that a thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There are feral <laughs> ducks. <laughs> Must be a Texas thing.
2: Oh, yeah. They'll, they'll tear your arm right off.
4: Yeah. <laughs> You'd get pretty feral, too, if you were dunked in oil. That's right.
2: Uh,
0: That'll right. sound like Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yes. Uh,
3: Tim, Wayne, and Andrew.
2: I'm Aaron.
4: I'm Paul. This
2: is Wayne. This is
0: Tim.
3: I'm Andrew. Woo, woo, Very exciting. Woo! Now, I hear Paul. Paul, we all know that you have crazy, mad Tony Stark levels of money, and I hear you have been squandering some of it recently on Kickstarter. You
4: know, I, know I think Tony Aaron's has better luck with your Kickstarters than I do, because the, uh, the Honey Badger barbecue sauce just had a recall. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> <laughs> whoa,
3: whoa, 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 whoa. What was it recalled for?
4: They found mold. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man, this is indeed a sad day for Honey Badger barbecue sauce.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
2: Oh, my God, that's
4: horrible. I haven't even got my bottle yet, and it's already recalled. Yeah, did you explain to him you just want the bottle and screw the up? Yeah, really. You
2: could just wash out my bottle and send it to me.
4: <laughs> well, that's actually the cool thing is that in the last email they sent, they said, uh, you know, you don't have to send the contents back. Just dump it out and destroy, you know, destroy it. So I'm thinking, okay, they said if it shows up, I'm just going to dump it out, wash out the bottle, and I've got my bottle. I don't care about the contents. I just wanted the bottle.
1: You right. know what that means? That means when it does get refixed, they're just going to send you some shit in a squeezy bottle. They're not going to redo it and put it in a, another Honey Badger bottle.
4: It would be awesome if I have two Honey Badger bottles, though. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I
2: know. I think you're going to get it in a Ziploc <laughs> bag. I think, they, <laughs> I, I think they blew their load on that first batch. And, you know, the problem is is that it, you know, because this is a Kickstarter and funds are limited, it won't be a Ziploc bag. It'll be like the store brand Ziploc container. And so it will have leaked barbecue sauce all over the package.
4: It, it, and then they'll recall it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm just amazed with the amount of money they raised that they ran into mold issues. That's what happens when you do it in your garage. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you make your uh, your barbecue
1: sauce three years ago, <laughs> and then raise the funds just to make
4: the damn bottles. It definitely was done in a factory because it was the the factory reported to them that they that they had found mold, and that uh, they were demanding that it be you yeah. know
0: recalled. Yeah, cause, isn't know, that what you call a garage, Andrew? The factory. <laughs>
3: But he calls sure. the
0: bedroom. Exactly.
3: Maybe <laughs> I'll see you in the factory. <laughs> Paul would know. Um, so, Paul, what have you been spending your money on?
2: Uh, I would know what happens in your bedroom. Well, yeah, probably. Yeah. But um, That's so only we, because you're you're a fee-paying uh, member on Andrew's website. So yeah. that's
3: only- it's thefactory.com. <laughs> so, Paul. <laughs> it's factory well, with Screw Paul. This <laughs> is what I've been spending my money on. <laughs> <laughs> so on uh, Kickstarter recently, it, you know, I'm still waiting for my Reaper miniatures. That that this in, insane number of miniatures that that we picked up uh, through their Kickstarter is going to be coming out in March. Supposedly still on track to reach us in March. Uh, then recently, I kickstarted these. Uh, uh, it's, it's it's a deck of regular playing cards, but they have these silk backing. And it's kind of the stealth fighter jet inspired designs. It's really. It's really kind of cool, but it was just a little something. And then there's a new board game coming out from Cool Mini or Not called Guilds of Cadwallon uh, that I kickstarted. And then there's a World War II uh, card game called Upfront, which uh, I also kicked in on. So, Paul, where have you been wasting your money? Yeah, I've been kickstarting like a bitch lately.
1: Um, it started with The Death of Superman Lives. That a documentary I, we talked about a couple weeks ago. I kicked into that. It is at sixty one thousand of the ninety eight thousand goal, and there's still a month left, so yeah. I think it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so I'm pretty happy about that, and it just opened the floodgates because then you know you they show you these links on the bottom of hey you might also like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kicked in on Earth Earth Earthward. Earthward. Like Torward? Uh, <laughs> word, earth yeah, earth There you go, um, words, <laughs> uh, By um, written by Brian Q. Miller from uh, Batgirl and Smallville seasonal. Uh, it's a, an original graphic novel, uh, all ages, uh, science fiction graphic novel. Seems pretty sweet. Um, and uh, I kicked in on Aw yeah comics from uh, Franco and Art Balthazar. Oh
3: uh-huh. um, the- yeah,
1: oh yeah comics. Um, I kicked in because they have a. Uh, one of the pledges gets uh, all 12 signed issues of um, Superman Family Adventures, uh, the book they, they uh, that recently just got canceled, freeing up their time to do all-yeah oh comics.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> so I kicked in on that. Um, I kicked in on um, Gumshoes for Hire, uh, which is a, a book from Sean Galloway. Um, He's typically in animation, and it's kind of like a. It looks almost like a Scooby Doo original graphic novel. Seems pretty sweet with art by him and Guri Huri, Guri Hiru, um, who did the art from that Captain America Brian Clevinger book a couple years ago mm-hmm. that we really liked. Yeah, and I kicked in on Ultra Sylvania Emperor Frankenstein, which what? is like a, The way they describe it is as Game of Thrones with Dracula and Frankenstein. Huh.
2: Yeah. It, is it is it a comic?
1: Yeah, it's a comic. Um, it, it's actually volume two, but I, I the, <laughs> the level I kicked in on, um, which I believe was just the ten dollar level. Uh, you get a PDF digital version of both Ultra Savinio Volume One and Volume Two. And so is Volume just, One already just out? Just to step
4: back here, that's that a, oh yeah, comics. He's backing them at the sixty dollar level to get the Superman stuff.
1: Yeah. Wow. Hey, but you know what? So that's the, more on comics heading. <laughs> your Comics had a $15,000 goal that they met in the first day. Yeah, they're, they're, they've got a big following. Art and Franco, yeah. DeFranco, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, so it's, uh, I, 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 I don't typically – in fact, these are only – I'd only contributed to three Kickstarters before then, before these. And But, I mean, these all seem like really quality projects, and they're all by creators other than Ultra Sylvania. But the fact that it's volume two and not volume one gives me a little confidence. Um, but the other ones are all by creators that you know that I know of and are talented and you know i 'm genuinely interested in these things, so you know if you follow like Ron Mars on Twitter, he always talks about how hard it is to get an original graphic novel published because of the the cost of it right so I mean I, I think this is kind of the future for these creator owned original graphic novels is on Kickstarter so yeah, Kickstarter like a bitch.
3: Just being a Kickstarter, did Cyber Force number three ever come out?
1: Yep, it comes out next week, but uh, Comixology had it on there last night.
3: Yeah. Oh well, I'm gonna go take a look at that. <laughs> yeah, it says
1: February 13th, 2013, but it's available now. So. Sweet.
3: Yeah, not so much. <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah. I, I I know you guys I know you guys have been less excited about it, but I I've enjoyed the first two issues, so we'll agree to disagree. Yeah, kind
1: of like DC agreed to disagree with all their creators of a bunch of with a bunch of creators of New Fifty Two
4: titles this
1: week.
3: Yeah, they clean they clean some shop. Well, you know, I mean, I'm not
1: shedding any tears on the books that they that they got rid of.
4: Let's face it, no one is going to notice
3: the books they got rid of. Looking at now, them. now, hey, there there is an entire community of Firestorm fans out there who are now in <laughs> there's a Firestorm fan? Oh there's my one? god! There's, <laughs> little there's a community. There's literally dozens. Um. <laughs> And they are heartbroken that that the Firestorm books going away.
2: You know, Comixology is doing something that, that that I I really support, and they're doing a or actually I should say DC Comics through Comixology is doing something I really support, and they're having a uh, the Heroes of Black History Month sale. And so, like uh, last week, they had the uh, John Stewart Green Lantern uh, books on sale. This week, they've got Steel on sale, but you know they've also got. Firestorm in there and I keep thinking, huh, really wouldn't tout him as uh as representative of my of my heroes. (laughs) You know, I just really wouldn't because wow, that particularly the run that they're that they're doing where it was the African American Firestorm really sucked. I mean uh, more so than than Firestorm normally does. (laughs) I have a confession to make that's a big bar there.
1: Yeah. So I have a confession to make. Since I was blowing money on Kickstarter, apparently I might as well blow a little bit more.
2: Did you kick so Firestorm?
1: <laughs> I know, but um, so I listened to uh, a, a Firestorm Aquaman podcast. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <The> what? <laughs> I think it. I think it's called the Fire and Water podcast. And uh, how it long
4: is... has this existed? Did it exist before Aquaman was cool? No, I,
1: I don't know. I've only huh. listened to their most recent episode, um, and they go over. I think it's a monthly podcast, and they go over that month's releases um, related to Firestorm and Aquaman. So, you know, they stretch it a little bit. They're like, oh, we'll talk about Justice League too, and you know, stuff like that. So, um, their most recent episode, I think they talked about Justice League, Aquaman, and Firestorm. And so they were talking about Firestorm. This was pre cancellation announcement, by the way. I'm, I'm, I would love to listen to the episode after they hear the cancellation announcement. Um, you sick bastard. <laughs> they, <laughs> So they were talking about Firestorm, and they were talking about how Dan Jurgens took over the title with issue 13. Mm-hmm. He took over writing and art, and I'm like, I like Dan Jurgens. And they said, you know, the title's gotten much better. Blah 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 blah. And I was like, so I actually went and bought a couple of Firestorm issues. Whoa, this Paul! Week. Wow. Not enough,
2: apparently.
3: You know, that's a I, Kickstarter. That's a Kickstarter. You're not going to have money to throw in on now.
2: Paul is also listening to the anal rape podcast <laughs> and, and heard that anal rape has gotten much
3: better. <laughs> so he went down to his local prison. <laughs> That's right.
1: <laughs> In a Speedo. Uh, um. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but you know what? So I read Firestorm issue 13 last night, which was the first Dan Jurgens issue. And it wasn't bad.
3: It actually wasn't bad. Uh-huh. Well, why do you say it like that? Why do you say the why do you stretch out the silver there and bad like like bad? Well, why are you saying it like that? Well, you why know,
2: the, it's kind of like when your girlfriend cooks dinner for you the first time. <laughs> this
1: wasn't bad. <laughs> well, because it's surprising. You're like <laughs> <laughs> so, other than Firestorm getting canceled, um, they also canceled Savage Hawkman. Uh and basically and, yeah, all the Ri Ryb stuff. Savage Hawkman, Death Um they also cancelled Ravagers, Sword of Sorcery, and Team Seven. What the hell's <laughs> Team Seven? That's, That's their Oh go ahead, Paul. Uh no it's um related to the Wildstorm universe. Uh. And uh, I mean, all those—I mean, Sword of Sorcery and Team Stevan are like Phase Three or Wave Three
3: books. Those just started. But let's be honest; they sounded horrible when we before they even came
4: out. Yeah. Yeah, Every time (laughs) I go to the comic store, they're on the shelf. I'm like, that's really a book.
3: Yeah.
1: No offense, DC, but that's what you get for having a book called Sword of Sorcery starring Amethyst. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's a, it's yeah, so six. I mean, you know, I feel a little bad for the creative teams, but you know, six titles got canceled, and they're d- doing a bunch of changes. Um, Mike Johnson, who's written Supergirl since the beginning, is leaving,
2: replaced by Michael Allen Nelson, and that's a little disappointing because the Supergirl book just started getting good.
4: Yeah, I've, no, I like I've my, enjoyed the super Supergirl book since the beginning, so I'm kind of nervous about this.
2: And same thing with Defalco leaving Superboy because uh, Superboy just started getting good. Yeah. Um, I, I was kind of surprised about that. Justin Jordan is taking over Superboy.
1: Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray are taking over Batwing from Judd Winnick, And that no. surprises
3: me because I assumed Batwing was going to get canceled. I've never been interested in Batwing, but I really do like Justin Gray.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And um, Francis Portella is taking over Legion of Superheroes. They were touting that Legion of Superheroes they were going to get. Um, what's his face? It was, was going to be, be uh, yeah, Keith Giffen and Paul Levitz back on the title. And uh, Keith Giffen apparently didn't even last for more than a couple of issues. Uh, but if, if you're not familiar with Michael Allen Nelson, he writes um, Valen the Outcast for Boom. He's written a bunch of stuff, mostly fantasy stuff and horror stuff. But I'm, I'm curious about some of these changes. I mean, it just. And, and actually, this weekend, there's a big DC Comics Creative Conference in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. So I'm assuming there will probably be even more announcements in the coming week.
2: Now, Paul, that's driving distance for you. Why don't you head on
1: over there? I really thought I should just p- show up. Just pop in. Yeah, just show up with my Superman manifesto. <laughs> oh,
4: that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah. oh, <shut> uh, <laughs> um,
1: so, I mean, a, a couple of – there's just a lot going on at DC Comics. I mean we've talked about it before, just that it seems like they're kind of running around like chickens without heads. And unless your title starts with the word bat, it's not a guaranteed seller.
2: Well – I, in all fairness, a lot of these books are uh, crap. Yeah, I mean, that is true. Come on.
4: <laughs> well, I mean, at this point, Marvel's beating them again in sales, so they can't be happy about that.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, and uh, you know, I, I know it's the new thing, but uh, Marvel now is, is, for the most part, really telling some good stories. For the most part. For the most part. Now, it's not 100%. If you're not a Superman or a Batman book over in DC, there's some problems over there. Yeah. Well, I think the problem with DC is that there is no middle
1: ground. Marvel has a lot of middle ground. That's right. That's right. Like these middle grade titles are quality titles. Books like Hawkeye and uh, Daredevil. Those aren't top tier books, but they are quality titles. And I think Daredevil's probably turned into a top tier book because it's so good. Um, whereas DC doesn't really have that. You're either a great book or a shit book. Yeah. Um, so that that, that I, I really hope they, they kind of get their stuff together after the creative retreat. Um they announced their a lot of their solicitations on Friday for May, mm-hmm. but they're holding back on the Green Lantern stuff. So I'm wondering if a lot of stuff is coming in Green Lantern that they're going to make an announcement about. Yeah. But if there's one good thing they announced, um it's that uh Batman Little Gotham is turning into a uh, bi-weekly uh series oh really this
3: this is a good thing i like batman
1: little Gotham Gotham. because it it was typically just monthly
3: uh for holidays and now they're turning it into every other week yeah it used to be a gimmicky thing they tried it out for holidays and now they're gonna inflict it upon us continually god i love batman little Gotham. Ooh, you Uh, sound so angry i don't like it it's so good yeah it's good i like it it's good stuff i find i like i said i just find it gimmicky but moving on well you know what is gimmicky andrew Hey, hey! You know what pisses me off? You want you want to hear me sound angry? Oh, here we go. Here we go. So Marvel came out. I get this email from Paul saying Big Marvel Infinity announcement. I'm like, oh, Infinity Digital Comics, sweet! I cannot wait to see what they're doing. I I want more. So I click on this link. And and does it have anything to do with Infinity Digital Comics? Does it, Paul? It might. Does it? It might. They might have. No, it does it Has backups. Nothing to do with it. <laughs> and what it is is some. Okay, Marvel. So you want to talk about things Marvel does badly? They're already planning like three events out, and the next one's going to be called in. Well, no, the one after War of Ultron or Ultron War, Age, or whatever. The hell Age ba- of Ultron. Already. Oh, right, well, so after Age of Ultron, which was supposed to be out when a year ago, then they're going to do Infinity. I'm so pissed. Um. In, in all
2: fairness, they're Marvel Aaron, Infinite Aaron. Comics. not infinity comics. So, you know, I'm just – I, I certainly – the words are similar, but they're not the same.
3: Aaron, it's it's actually just a different conjugation of the same word. I'm just saying that perhaps your rage is misplaced. I, I think you're misplaced. Yes. Feed the meat, Andrew. Let's go. So, uh, all right. But but speaking of a, something completely different. Are we, are we totally this, skipping over Infinity? Yep. Yeah, done. What else do you need to know? It's going to be the next big event after Age of Ultron. What? What else do you need to say about it, Paul? Because it's it's Jonathan Hickman
1: and Jim Chung doing the next big crossover from Marvel, and it has Thanos in it, clearly. It's a, called Infinity. Um, I'm excited.
0: Oh, well, yeah, because Robert Hickman's doing such a good job on his Avengers books, isn't he? Did you say well, Robert we'll talk-
1: Hickman? <laughs> He's an amalgamation of Robert Kirkman and Jonathan
4: Hickman. <laughs> so, <laughs> I- <laughs> oh uh, uh, War- the world.
1: The Walking Avengers.
3: I don't even know where you got this next one. Why, why do you think World War Hulk's going to be the next basis for the next phase of the Morphle movies, Paul? Wow, you really don't want to talk about Infinity. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing else to say. All right. So That's the whole reason Paul got up this morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be out for like two years anyway, so why waste time? It'll probably be out later this year. <laughs> That's
4: what they said about Age of Ultron last year, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't care about any of the crossovers.
0: <laughs> I like new Andrew Aaron. Can keep
3: I mean, let's go over it. Fear itself sucked. AVX sucked. Seriously? Why do you have any hope for these? Uh... God. Uh, ooh,
1: this is a good show. <laughs>
0: I wish I was angry about something
1: today. <laughs> I can't even get angry now. Uh, uh, so so one of the, uh, the current rumors um, is that, you know, so Marvel is just about to start its Phase 2 movies, right? With Iron Man 3, Thor 2, um, Captain America 2, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Avengers 2. I think that's all of Phase 2. Mm-hmm. Now they're already... Um, planning for phase three and one of the current rumors um from I think Latino Review, which is pretty spot on with a lot of their new stuff, is they that were, um,
3: they were the ones who broke the first place we read about them doing a Guardians of the Galaxy book. And yeah. at the time I was like, Latin review, what do they know? And then yeah, they were right.
0: Yeah. Aaron Aaron, if Paul likes Latino Review, is that biased journalism? <laughs> <laughs>
1: It just may be, but they're, they're usually right. So they're talking about oh, that. Oh, world, do world. you, do you write for Latin review? I do not. Why not? I don't know because they're, they're big time. and <laughs>
0: Because only one of us can write for Latin review. Andrew and Wayne's already got that bagged.
1: <laughs> Wayne O'Cole. Sorry, Paul. <laughs> um, so, no, they're, they're talking that World War Hulk may be the uh, the phase three of the Marvel movies, which would be – it would uh, start off with you know Hulk getting shot into space. There would be a World War Hulk movie, and then Avengers 3 would essentially be the World War Hulk storyline. Okay, and, this, uh, this
3: does sound awesome.
2: It could be. It, uh, if they actually do a Planet Hulk movie, oh, I am all in. Same well, here. I mean – I, I would love a Planet Hulk movie. Planet Hulk movie would rock.
3: And think about think about the one where they're, they they you know catch him and shoot him into space. You know, you've uh-huh. got Tony Stark shooting Mark Ruffalo betraying him, and out of everything that happened in the first Avengers movie, I mean that that betrayal would be great. I, yeah. I, I, I I like the concept.
2: I'm a little torn because you know I did really enjoy how everyone kind of worked together in the Avengers, but yeah. I understand that uh, you know you you want to have a, a character arc. You know, so you do have to have that moment where shit comes apart. Yeah. But, you know, I can I can certainly see how, you know, the the stingers that they put in the end credits where, you know, after the, the Hulk has some kind of, you know, breakdown or something where they start talking in, the, in those end credits, like we have to do something about the Hulk. I have a plan, you know, and, and then just showing him getting shot off into space. I mean, I'm sorry. That would be pretty freaking cool.
1: You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking Avengers 2, the stinger, is probably going to be the Illuminati. Yeah, yeah, because they're around the talk-
2: table together.
1: Yeah, they're talking about a Doctor Strange movie for Phase Three, also. Yeah. Oh yeah. So well, you, you know, know, with
2: them having gotten back so many of their rights, you know, uh, for the, for them to 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 make Marvel movies, uh, I, I got to tell you, the the possibilities are just wide open.
1: Yeah. Did you hear Mark Miller talking shit about uh Justice League the movie this week? Uh-uh. Is, that, is that Mark Miller or Mark Millar? Well, he pronounces it Mark Miller, but yes, it's spelled Mark Miller. Actually, he pronounces it Mark Miller. Mark Miller. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, he was talking. He's like a Justice League movie is a good way to lose two hundred million dollars. You know, this this coming from the guy who's uh, you know head of uh, I guess the twentieth century Fox Marvel division, which is just X Men and Fantastic Four. So whoops you know Mm -hmm. he's talking shit about the the justice league movie
4: in in fairness that if anyone knows how to lose two million dollars or 200 million i'm just saying
1: yeah you
4: know i mean no offense dude but
1: i don't think wanted and kick-ass really qualify you to talk shit about a justice league movie but um i don't know well the justice league movie is kind of having some issues i hear this week anyway uh, they, they, apparently the script has gone back for rewrites and all that stuff. They want to get it right, and I get it. You know, you you don't want to release a piece of shit after the Avengers, right?
2: Well, and I mean, the 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 playing field is just not the same, you know. And maybe after Man of Steel. You know, the the field changes because, you know, Man of Steel looks like it's going to be pretty freaking awesome. But, uh, you know, the Justice League movie does not have the foundation that the Marvel movies had in Iron Man and Thor and Hulk and Captain America. You know, it's not building off that same kind of, of platform because, you know, the Dark Knight movies don't occur in the same universe.
1: You know, I agree. I just, to a certain extent, and maybe this is just me, I feel like you really have to try to fuck up a Justice League movie. I mean, with all the talent that is available to Warner Brothers and DC Comics, you have to really go out of your okay. way to screw up that movie.
4: I, Let's I, look I, at DC's track record. Yeah, take a look at they Green Lantern. They have
1: to go either way. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. a good point. Su- Superman. Yeah. Was, again, with Green Lantern. I, I felt like you really had – I mean, you had Jeff Johns there. You really had to try to screw up that movie.
2: I mean – and they did. They. I mean – Well, I think it came down to a fundamental misunderstanding of
3: what Green Lantern is. You know, yeah. they
2: just did, they didn't have a clear vision of what he is and what you're selling. You know, they left all the cool parts out.
3: But you would think Jeff Johns would have a very clear vision based on all the work he's done with Green Lantern.
2: Yeah, and I don't understand
3: how that worked. I don't understand how that happened.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it's a disconnect between Warner Brothers and DC versus Marvel and their movie division.
3: Yeah, I mean, it just it I I think. I mean, Marvel, but, may, know, Marvel when they were still having other studios, when they were you know, selling their rights to other places, they had bad movies made. Fantastic Four, the third yep. X-Men. When they didn't I mean, have control. That's right. Honestly, it, almost when they brought <laughs> Daredevil, uh, I, Elektra. I, I mean, some of these are okay movies, but they're nothing that you would call a crazy blockbuster movie. Well,
1: some of them were fun band to watch. Man-Thing thing was fantastic. And Punisher Zone. Shut up, Paul. Shut up, Paul. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but was hey, so, just talking but about now a, a bad thing.
3: Now that they have it under their own control and they're doing their own things, you're seeing these phenomenal movies that they're yeah. putting out. Captain America, Thor, uh, Avengers obviously being the most recent. I mean, once they got control, they were able to put out a much better product.
2: Well, and I have to say, I don't think I ever would have been excited about this movie you know, uh, prior to the Avengers. But I have to say I'm pretty j- jazzed about the Ant-Man movie. I think that movie's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. It depends. You know? I mean, they got Edgar Wright from yeah. uh,
1: Shaun
3: of the Dead doing the directing and writing, so – it, it, it could be good. It could be bad. I could just see so many ways it could be a horror movie. I could see ways it could be a great. Movie. I, I th- it, what it sounds to me is like
2: they're trying to create a a universe of characters where you can have your blockbuster movie and you can have your so- solid middle movie. You know where you're not having to spend you know umpty hundred millions of dollars on to make the film. You know you spend your fifty and you've got it. You've got a, a good profit margin there. So I, I just I, I'm excited about what Marvel's doing, and I just wish DC would get with the program. And I'm hopeful that Man of Steel kind of reignites that.
1: I hope so. Yes. But you know what DC does do good that Marvel doesn't? Mm. DC has their hand on the the animation. Oh yeah, thing, I, I think. Absolutely. I mean, not just not just their animated movies, but their TV. Yeah. But um, last week, Dark Knight Returns Part Two came out on DVD and Blu-ray, um, and Aaron. Holy shit, that movie was fantastic. I thought it was worlds better than the first one. And I, you liked the first one. I was a I little lukewarm on it, but I, I thought I, the second one was perfect.
2: Yeah, the, I, I have nothing to complain about on the second one except that it's over. <laughs> you yeah. know, I bet, I mean, it was, there were moments in the film I'm watching it the first time and I am calling out dialogue to the screen and it's spot on. You know, there, there are moments that I remember so well from the comic that they just captured, and it was the feel and the atmosphere. And even though it's not a panel-for-panel panel recreation, there are moments where you know what words are coming. And I thought it was good. And don't
1: get me wrong. There are some iconic moments in Batman-Joker cinematic history. I don't think I've ever seen a Batman-Joker confrontation yeah. as effective as the one in this movie. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, no, it was so good. It was so, and Peter Weller just spot on. Mm. Um, and Mark Valley as Superman
1: spot oh, he was perfect.
2: on. And you know, the only thing that, that really stuck out to me, because I was curious as to how they were going to handle it, there's that whole scene in the comic where uh, Superman is in the middle of the nuclear explosion. You know the the the, the nuclear yeah. bomb explosion, and you know he withers and he has to fly back up to the sun to reenergize. And there's this whole inner monologue about uh, uh, you know how the sun feeds him and whatnot. And so I was like, I wonder how they're going to do that because they eliminated the inner monologue for uh, Batman. Well, they just didn't do it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know he didn't fly back up to the sun, so they, they rewrote around that. But I thought it worked really well. Yeah,
1: I, I, think, I think it is a fan. Fantastic movie,
2: and I, never a better uh, beatdown will you see of uh, you know Batman and Superman. Yeah, you know, well, the two of them fighting. Those scenes were fantastic, and a lot of times in animated fight scenes, I get bored. Mm-hmm. You know, because there just doesn't seem to be a whole lot of impact. Uh, you know it doesn't seem you know well choreographed. A lot of times I get frustrated at how slow some of the animation is in uh, in the fight scene. and the animation was so good, like uh you know the fight between Batman and Superman beautifully choreographed. the scene at the at the fair where Robin is chasing the roller coaster, mm-hmm. beautifully animated. I mean, I was like, because you know, oh, that yeah. could have been very, you know, staid and boring. And I mean, it was beautifully animated, and you really felt the the pressure of it. And man, they didn't shy away from stuff.
1: Yeah, you know, you know I gotta say the uh, the Batman Joker fight. And then I know we keep coming back to that because it was I, I watched that fight three times. Like yeah. I kept, you know, I kept rewinding it and rewatching because I mean, it is just. So well done, oh, and yeah. you know, I mean, like you said, they don't pull any punches. Yeah. I mean, you see the Joker like shiv Batman multiple times. multiple times. I mean, like you know, stab, stab, stabity,
2: stab, stab, stab. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit! Yeah, the blood just gushing out. I but, mean, yeah, yeah, and I mean, they don't shy away from any of that stuff, which is appropriate because of how you know dark and grim the the, the source material is. um Swastika uh, nipples yeah still there I thought for sure that wasn't gonna be in the movie <laughs> I thought for sure that wasn't gonna be in the movie I'm like huh Bruno's got her swastika nipples <laughs> it, a fantastic if you've not seen it yet see
1: it uh, do you know why Frank Miller has a swastika fascination does what? anybody know that
2: I, I I don't
1: I don't know he seems he has swastikas in like everything he does <laughs> just a little disturbing
4: okay <laughs> uh, I I, I yeah, I, I don't know, Paul. I don't know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, the movie was fantastic. I highly recommend it. Now, what I need to do is I need to rewatch one and watch two with it.
1: Yeah, but it's kind of funny because two begins, you know, and Batman is established. It's almost like you can watch two without watching one. Uh huh. Yeah. No, absolutely. But uh, you know, but I, I, I'm going to try to watch them all as one cohesive piece. But it's funny because they are split very clearly <laughs> right down the middle.
2: Um, but but as so far is the board. time. Yeah, yeah. I, the book is as well. I mean, the, each of the four issues of that series are, are completely standalone. You mm-hmm. know, you've got you've got a beginning, middle, and end of each one of those books with a through story from one to four. Um, so I, I just, it's I expertly done. And I'm I, looking forward to Superman Unbound
4: coming out. I was about to say, I think I'm going to skip both of those and just wait for Superman Unbound because that trailer looks awesome.
2: Yeah, it looks
1: pretty damn good. Um, and I think I like the voices that they got for the cast. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they didn't get the animated series voices, but I, I, I'm looking forward to that one too, especially based on the quality of these. Yeah. So, so Speaking of Superman, though, uh, one of the happiest announcement DC made this week for me – and we talked about this. So clearly some the people listen to our podcast. I think we talked about this way back when Legends of the Dark Knight started. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, like, wow, it would be great if DC would do a Superman version of this title. Um, well, they are. DC is going to be doing a digital-first weekly Adventures of Superman comic book uh, by different creative teams. I think the first one is two issues are written by Orson Scott Card. And? Um, I don't know who's the artist. Chris Somney! No, 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 no. Chris Somney is with Jeff Parker on the third issue. Oh, Oh, well, fuck that other guy then.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I could not be more excited about this book. I have been going on to everyone I know that reads comics all week about how excited I am about this and going through the list of creators, even though Orson Scott Card is the first creator. But other than him, I am excited about, you know, the list of creators they have because they've got a bunch of good Marvel guys on here, too. Christos Gage is going to be writing Superman. J.T. Cruel, Abnett and Lanning. Bruce Tim is going to write one of these. Mark, Wolf- Mark Wolfman's going to Marcus Toe on art. I mean, now
2: is the plan that all of these are going to be pre New
4: Fifty Two? All just out of continuity entirely. It could be pre New Fifty Two, could be post, could be its own entire continuity. Could sit in uh, Kingdom Come timeline. Could be in uh, you know. Could be
1: anything. I think we're trying to say continuity light. Gotcha. Yeah, um, yeah Abnett Lanning, Jeff Lemire, uh, Ed Bennis, Giuseppe Camuncoli. Michael avon Uh I mean just nonstop talented people. Uh, you know, the, the biggest part of it for me I think is Jeff Parker and Chris Somn. God, yes. I can't oh, wait. I can't oh, wait. I can't wait. Um, I believe the series starts on April 29th uh, with their, their first digital issue. And uh, I think every four, three, four issues will be collected uh, in paper. You know, yeah. the, the following month.
4: <laughs> I will be buying this in digital to get it as soon as possible and then buying the paper copies as they come out, too.
2: Oh, wait, for the collected editions rather trade or hardcover? You're not going to buy them digitally? No, I'm going to buy them digitally, but I'm not going to buy the, the floppies.
1: Oh, no, no. I'll buy them yeah.
2: digitally and then the hardcover. Yeah, yeah. Cause I, God, I mean, just the idea of Chris Somney drawing Superman, I just, oh my God! And you yeah, know what? The Batman ones smart. have been
4: so good, and just this idea of getting that level of quality on a Superman book without chaining it down to current storylines, I could not be more excited about a comic coming out. I think.
1: Yeah, and DC was smart because they announced it with the Chris Somney art, not even yeah. the art from the initial arc, uh, arc yeah. which is done by Chris Sprouse, also a talented guy. Uh, but they, you know, they, they announce it with Chris on the art and there's this awesome piece. So yeah, assign me up. Yeah. yeah the uh,
4: first covers by Brian Hitch and it's that, uh, it's just this iconic picture of Superman flying up the side of a building with the daily planet in the background. Yeah. I just whew, whew, can't so, wait.
0: So Paul and Wayne are filled with love for Superman, obviously. Funny <laughs> they're, well, they're just, know. they're just, you know, they just, they're romance fans
3: they're, they're young. young they're young they're in your love with the idea yeah. of superman i mean i mean really you could say that paul has a shrine to superman the yeah. of his love clearly it's like they're having a young romance yes <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> you know i could have uh, i could have bought eight issues of Adventure Su- adventures of superman
2: <laughs> for what you spent yeah.
4: on dc young romance
1: for what i spent on dc young romance this week
4: Okay, so Yes, and I didn't realize the price or I probably wouldn't have bought it. I just look at the books and you know I'd read the preview of it and it's like, okay, I'm gonna give this thing a chance. So I grabbed it and I checked out. I didn't realize until we're talking through email a couple days later that I paid eight dollars for this thing.
0: Hey Andrew, pass me the popcorn. Now you know that that eight dollars
2: included your, your vagina, right? You no
4: know. <laughs> you know what it did include here? Valentine's. The center of this book is perforated rip out valentines of superheroes. Like here's one of Flash that says you stole my heart in a flash. And then here's one of Swamp Thing saying you don't bring me flowers. All right, so in all fairness, <laughs> these are these are horrible. You're perfect. Robin with a, I get a sidekick out of you.
0: I demand you guys mail one of these to us. (laughs) (laughs)
4: My love is more powerful than a locomotive. (laughs) Say the magic word and I'm yours.
3: So seriously, what excuse, Paul, do you have for buying this piece of stuff?
1: All right. Well, my excuse is that there are six stories and the stories are written by Andy Diggle, Kyle Higgins, Peter Milligan, and Nesenti. Um, and two other people I haven't heard of, but I mean, I mean, just Andy Diggle, Kyle Higgins, Peter Milligan, and Anna Centi. I was like, huh, gotta give it a shot. I mean, it, 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 and the
4: art is really and, you know, good.
1: Yeah, the artist is good. The artists on almost all of them are good. Um, Peter Simon Bisley does a story uh, of the Midnighter and Apollo. It's uh, it, it's actually a quality book with quality writers and quality art.
4: That said, uh, all the stories but one I thought were crap.
0: E hey Aaron, every noun Paul's thrown out. I don't know who the hell that is.
1: <laughs> you know what? But it, I, I, I I liked two of the stories. Actually,
4: I liked the Nightwing story. Nightwing was the one that I that I'm saying is good. I enjoyed the Nightwing story quite a bit. All the I, others.
1: Right. I laughed my ass off at the Nightwing story, um, and I, it's supposed to be a sad story, and it's written by Kyle Higgins. You know, oh, they,
3: so they, it really it, it achieved its aims well. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be a sad story. <laughs> I laughed my
1: ass off. Well, because Nightwing, you know, he meets this girl, like she's a crime fighter or a security guard or something, and they go on <laughs> a, a fake date and like they 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 eat chinese on the top of a building and he's he's kind of fallen for he's like so same time tomorrow and i'll bring the pizza and the the closing page of the story is that she stands him up and he's just standing on top of the building with holding a pizza box getting rained on and i just thought that was funny as shit and i know it's supposed to be sad but i laughed
4: yeah kyle higgins (laughs) is doing a great job i mean it's I was very happy with that story. That said, that story wasn't worth eight bucks, and I hated everything else in this book.
1: Uh, I didn't hate the Andy Diggle Superman Wonder Woman story. I thought that was okay. Uh, and you know, even the An well, the Anasenti Catwoman stuff wasn't horrible.
4: Oh and, yes, it was. The
1: Catwoman story was terrible. I don't. Know, I thought it ended very abruptly, but I didn't think it was
4: horrible. I you thought know, the Midnighter the story worst the worst thing in this book for me was the Aquaman story. Because you have this whole, you know, he's worried about Mira out in the storm. And when she doesn't come back, he's afraid he's lost her in the storm. She can freaking breathe underwater. What are you worried about? Let's say she hits her head underwater. She wakes up. There's no reason for concern here. There's no reason that a storm poses any danger to Aquaman or Mira whatsoever.
3: She can
1: get cold. She can die. i mean if she
3: dies underwater
1: I don't think that that she can
3: breathe so let me see if she if she if she can withstand the icy depths of of the bottom of the ocean oh no but she, she, she might she's a tropical mare woman yeah i
2: don't, think I, don't I don't think that's true no, yeah, yeah she's you know, she's from the virgin islands i mean
4: she she, yeah. it, no, she can survive the pressure at the bottom of the ocean she can survive the you know the cold and the darkness at the bottom of the ocean. But a little storm is going to hurt her. No, there was no, there was no reason for him to ever be concerned about her. He's treating her like she's a land, you know, someone that is from land and not from water.
1: Oh, were you about to say landlubber?
4: <laughs> I couldn't think of a good word. But no, it just it bothered me because I really enjoy Aquaman and I like I like Aquaman and Mira's relationship, and I was looking forward to that part of the story. And I get to it, and it's just utter garbage with no. There's no reason for any concern. They're acting totally out of character.
1: Well, here's the thing: if DC spends the next week, which I think would be wise of them, releasing e- releasing each of these stories separately for a buck each, pick up the Nightwing story. It is actually worth a read. I um, agree with that. You know, I, I, it and you know Kyle Higgins is the monthly writer of Nightwing, and I, I'm a fan of his, so I would recommend picking that up. Uh, but if they don't, there is
2: no way this book was worth eight bucks. I eight dollars. And- and- I had this vision in my head that the cover on Paul's is half a heart, and the cover on Wayne's <laughs> is the other half of the heart.
3: <laughs> and
2: together, yeah, I mean, y'all are complete.
4: I, I, I want to my... point out one more Valentine here. The new 52. You've been rebooted as my Valentine. <laughs> See,
3: in, 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 my, in my memory, the covers are, are coated with a thin patina of gold, and that's why it costs $8 each. <laughs>
4: So faking so cost- out with a random crook.
0: Well, shoot, nice. he wasn't
4: random. He
1: was in Batman annual or Batgirl Annual number one. Uh huh. So so eight
3: dollars <laughs> for DC Young Romance. Let's take that to something a little more cost effective, a little more efficient in our story and our, our pleasure we get with the money we spend. Injustice Gods Amongst Us number four came out, cost all of ninety nine cents, and it was awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Uh, So Injustice Gods Among Us issue three, or digital issue three, print issue one, ended with uh, Lois Lane – Superman has been tricked into killing Lois Lane, and Metropolis has been nuked off the map. And uh, now Superman is pissed. (laughs) And this issue is uh, the Justice League trying to protect the Joker from Superman. And uh, it doesn't go all that well.
2: Yeah, I, I I love all of the you know Joker. You're not gonna twist Superman around. No matter no matter how hard this is for him, he's still the best man I know. Oh. (laughs) (laughs)
3: And the way it ends i don't think you want to ruin it but the way it ends and that last panel is just amazing it was an excellent last panel oh
2: my god now you know given the nature of the series it's not a surprise what happens no you know that that this is not going to end well for certain people uh, and you know that things are going to continue to you know Spiral spin out of control. Out of control. Yeah, yeah, it's going to happen. I mean, we we know that, but it's just the way they're telling it. And uh, I I thought it really worked in this book. I thought the artwork was right on. I thought that you know the scene where Wonder Woman walks up to Superman where he's cradling Lois's dead body, um, you know, and he's blaming oh, yeah. himself, uh, you know, for what happened. You know, I killed them. I killed them. Uh, you know, and, and Wonder Woman's trying to convince him that you know it wasn't you; it was that madman. as good, but really a strong book. I'm, yeah, and I got to tell you, I, my pre-order is placed for *Injustice: Gods Among Us*. Oh, nice, so,
3: nice. So I'm also planning on picking it up. Uh, but so, is, did you mention something about this being in print too?
2: Yeah, issue number yep. 1 came out last week combining the first 3 digital issues.
4: That's huh. how I'm that's how I'm buying it. I'm not getting the individual digitals as they go through. I'm going to pick up the just the regular floppy as they come out cuz I, I love was, that first issue.
3: Oh yeah. Well, it, it gets better, Wayne. Uh, cuz I thought it was going to be like the AmiKami stuff or it, it was just going to be digital only. Yeah. So I, I didn't realize they were doing a print as well.
4: Actually, I think the AmiKami stuff they plan on eventually doing print on as well. What I the, know they're doing print of Legends of the Dark Knight. That some of some, three of them.
3: Some of the anime comic stuff is great. Yeah. Some. some of it's awful. Yeah. Some of it is really good. Like that first like some. That first Wonder Woman arc is good.
2: Yeah, the Wonder Woman arc is good, and what was the other one? Uh, yeah. It
3: Wasn't Batgirl. It was Power Girl. It was, it was. Was it Power Girl? I liked
2: Power Girl. I enjoyed Power, Power Girl. Girl.
3: Yeah. I oh, I like the Duella Dent.
2: Mm, I didn't care for that. All right. All right. So. so <laughs> but but you know what I am caring for. And I know Tim is as well. All new X Men issue number seven came out this week. Oh yeah,
4: oh yeah. So Timmy,
0: uh, best Mystique story I've read in forever.
4: I have to I, agree. I,
0: I thought I this was very very strong. It, it made me it made me like pause and be like, is this really what she's like now? You know, when she's having that conversation with young Scott, I was like, I I, I bought in.
2: You know, what I what I liked about how they uh, portrayed Mystique, you know, she's sh- she's a, sh- a shape shifter. So, you know, she's able to, you know, completely represent herself as as somebody completely different from moment to moment. And I liked that her point of view shifted. You know, I like that you're wondering what's Mystique's real thoughts on this, you know, and you, and you get a glimpse of what her motivations are at the end of the book. And I, I loved the conversation she had with young
4: Scott. Yeah, it was a great conversation. I loved her portrayal of Wolverine, too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. In fact, there's that bit of dialogue that, you know, Mystique as Wolverine has with the security guards in the bank, you know, that, you know, if you shoot me, it won't hurt me. But if you shoot me, I'm going to cut your hands off and I'll walk away and go wherever I came from and you won't have hands. <laughs> <laughs> and now, you know, that wasn't Logan who actually said that it was Mystique as Logan. But, oh, my God, that was great dialogue.
0: Yeah, and you got a glimpse of uh, <laughs> of Headmaster Kitty, which was which was a fun scene. <laughs> I did I did enjoy that too. Um, you know, I we we say it every week. I I, I love this book. Yeah, it, it's yeah. I, I don't if you if you have even an inkling of good thoughts behind any x-men run you, this this should be something you're picking up when you yeah. know one of the I hard
2: things one of the hard things about the x-men is that how big that universe is you know and, and it all, has always felt like well if i'm buying one x-book i have to buy all the x-books and i honestly think right now anyway in these first seven issues you could have bought all of these books and not bought a single other
4: x-book because that's what i'm doing i'm not yeah. buying a single other x-book i'm only getting this one and i don't feel like i've lost anything and the I- so I am particularly liking that these original X Men are being shown as naive and untrained.
2: Well, and I, and the the double shipping is really working for it, you know, because it is a deep a, a decompressed storytelling style that, that Bendis employs. Uh, but because you're getting two issues a month, it doesn't feel like it's just sitting in place. Yeah, you know, it feels like it's going somewhere, and I, I I just really think that it's working for this book.
1: So, question for you guys. Are you going to get Brian Michael Bendis' Uncanny X Men number
2: one when it comes out next week?
4: I am. I am also. Yeah. I am going to flip through it and decide
2: then. I'm buying more X Men books than I've bought in probably, you know, 20 years.
1: Yeah, I'd be curious to see the sales numbers to see if he's doing for the X-Men what he actually did to the Avengers. Yeah. You know, because, um, I mean, this, this book is fantastic. And I think Stuart Amonin comes back next issue.
2: Well, and they've done such a good job of matching up the artists where you don't feel a huge disconnect when Stuart's not drawn. You know, I
4: mean, all the X-Men books take the place of all the Avengers books I'm not buying anymore. <laughs> well, we'll talk about those
1: Avengers books here in a minute.
4: Now, Iron Man number six came out.
2: Uh-huh. And uh, a couple of us read uh, uh, Iron Man number one, you know, Kieran Gillen's first book on the series uh, when it came out. And some of us, I don't want to say all of us, but some of us were under impressed and jumped off immediately. Um, I, I think all of us. Was, was it all of us? Okay. Uh, I think everyone who read it. Yeah. Um, so I did, the, I did the first three issues. So issue number six came out and it's Tony Stark in space, uh, leading up to his joining the guardians of the galaxy for, for a couple of issues. Um, this book was fantastic, wasn't it? I mean, so good. I, I'm not a big fan of Greg lands art, but it worked really well in this book. And the story was fantastic and Follows up on items already established in Marvel continuity. It's not just brand new stuff that he's finding out in space. It's you know consequences of actions Tony Stark took that have caught up to him. You know in the in the final frontier. This was an amazing story. It really was. It was a
1: fantastic book. You know, you talked about the Greg Land art. Greg Land could draw some space scenes. Yeah, yeah. Because I looked to see if another artist, like he had an artist assist or something. Right. But no, it just says Greg Land. Um. So. You know, I was really impressed with his art in this issue, and it felt like a Kieran Gillen book. There was yeah. humor, you know, there was you know Tony Stark charm. I mean, it, basically, the first half of the issue is Tony Stark trying to get in a purple woman's pants.
4: <laughs> um, you know, it seems it, like Marvel's doing a really good job of making people care about Guardians of the Galaxy prior to the movie, because I know I can't wait for that series to start the uh that preview of issue number one the just that cover Mm -hmm. looks so awesome and i know next to nothing about guardians of the galaxy i could care less about any of the characters but i'm picking up issue one just because their teaser images are so cool
1: yeah well the rumor is that iron man will also be part of the guardians of the galaxy movie right um so i could see why they're setting that up in the comics so i would expect probably an announcement about that for the movie maybe after iron man 3 comes out but um I just I really dug this story. I, I'm curious to see Iron Man and Guardians of the Galaxy the comic book, and uh, yeah, I, I even if you didn't like the first arc, um, I, I didn't have a problem. You know, reading this issue and and knowing where he was and understanding that you know, I mean, it's pretty much all explained right there on the first page. Yeah, it's a
2: good jumping on point. It really is a good jumping on point. I mean, it just it. it. It set the table on that first page and just rocketed from there. And it's got a good sense of humor, as you would expect from a Kieran Gillen book. But I mean, the it's a first of a three part story called The God Killer. Is that right? Correct. Because it's about well, I don't want to ruin it. Yeah, but. I don't either. But you know, uh, it's essentially the trial of Tony Stark by uh, you know alien people for shit yeah. Tony's done. And I, God, it just was so good. Now it, you know it's all set up. So, you know, there, there's still, you know, um, the second and third parts that we still have to to see. But as far as, you know, building it, setting the table, getting you ready for it, I, I am all in. It was fan-freaking-tastic. Yeah, I, I am back on, at least for the story arc. And, uh, you know, this was actually a good week for Marvel, from my point of view, because uh, we got New Avengers this week. Uh, New Avengers number three, continuing the Illuminati story. Uh, and the infinity gems, and I thought this issue rocked. Oh, Aaron, it was so good. Oh, you know, I know that this is completely in your wheelhouse, Paul, because, yes. you know, the infinity gems are, are, are a huge thing for you. Um, and, you know, yeah, all, I, I almost cried. I know. The, I, I, I know. I, read, I saw that page. I saw that page. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is not sitting well with Paul. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck happened? Now, you yeah, know, there's this great scene where they put all the infinity gems together. And now Paul, I posted about this on Instagram and Twitter earlier in the week. You know, they're assembling all the gems. They've got the soul gem as a purple gem. Um, I think that's legitimate because it used to be green. Did it used to be? Green? Yeah, because it was a green gem on Adam War- Warlock's forehead. Oh, You're and right, the, and that was Isn't the soul gem. The so, uh, space gem is the purple gem. Yeah, and so I think I think we got some coloring nonsense going on here. Uh, a little concerned about that. But there's this great scene when they're assembling all the gems, and all of a sudden these different cosmic entities take notice, right? Yeah. And so you've got you know the watcher on the moon, you know all of a sudden turns his head, you know what the fuck? You've got you know Galactus, you know going, huh? That's not good. And then you see Thanos, and it says that he's on Titan, which means he's, that he's in the solar system.
3: And, and he's smiling.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm just like – um uh, he's a little closer to home than he probably ought to be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it, you know, it, clearly this was a setup
1: because Jonathan Hickman's writing that Infinity book. Right. God, um, I just want to punch you <laughs> <laughs> later this year. I think this is a the start yeah, yeah. of what's going to be happening in Infinity Yeah, this year.
3: Um <laughs> <laughs> what I really enjoyed, I I really liked because, you know, uh, in the original Illuminati, Dr. Xavier had the mind, Jim. Right. And I really enjoyed who he bequeathed that to and how they got that back into uh, uh, circulation. Was, of course, now that Xavier died in AVX. Yeah. So I, I really enjoyed those scenes. Though I have to say,
1: well, we're going to have to spoil it because I have a, a, a question about this. Okay, Spoilers. Uh, spoilers. Spoilers.
3: <laughs> Spoiler.
1: <laughs> so he uh he gives his gem to beast uh hank mccoy or is it henry mccoy hank. it's henry mccoy oh it's hank okay yeah um so but the beast in this book looks different than the beast in all new x-men like they you know because beast has gone through his uh his new evolution right and no longer looks like this but he didn't not even
3: look, cat
2: beast
1: he's not even cat beast he's more like old beast drawn the way he's drawn in this book Uh, i know it's artist interpretation but it doesn't look at all like the new beast
4: maybe the artist decided that all of this crazy beast stuff is stupid and just drew him like he wanted to draw him i would imagine that's probably the case good for him yeah it's a a dynamite book
3: andrew did you enjoy it i i did uh Despite the Infinity title, uh, it, it was because that is the name of the issue. First page, a little, you know, it's got their little little masthead and then it's got Infinity written on it.
0: You know, um,
2: I, it cracks me up that uh, Captain America kind of hears what he wants to hear.
3: You know? Yeah. You know, yeah, I, when he's talking I, with well, in Black Panther, though, was being deliberately obtuse with his answer.
2: <laughs> you know, I'll do the right thing yes
3: people <laughs> and there's no <laughs> clarification about what that is mm-hmm. cap makes an assumption and then of course B, you know the black panther in no way corrects what he knows caps made the wrong assumption from his what? reaction but he doesn't he doesn't take the time to correct captain on making on the fact that he's he's left the wrong conclusion yeah so yeah and and what how things end with cap is pretty pretty dramatic
1: yeah, it's a, it's definitely the start of uh another it, it's the start of another cycle of heroes against heroes type of thing. Um you know, you think the Illuminati would know by now to stop betraying people because it always comes back to bite them in the ass.
2: Oh I I don't know how this could ever come back on him Paul. <laughs> I don't know. I'm <laughs> World War Cap.
1: <laughs> Probably World <announced>. War Cap.
2: <laughs> well, you know, we actually saw how this turns out over in the DC universe pre-New 52. What will happen is is he'll remember, you know, that uh, that uh, he got his mind wiped and then he'll, you know, Captain America will just go all ape shit on everybody. You know, kind of like Doctor Light. He'll become Captain
3: Rapey. all but no i'm i'm enjoying new avengers and now the thing i stopped reading the regular avengers i i got to the point where they're both very big storylines with cosmic implications and i just i just only needed one of those stories in my life and i picked new avengers so i jumped off of regular avengers after issue two
1: well i here's the thing i continued with avengers through the end of the first storyline and then i was like wow that was terrible Let me give issue four a shot. Wow, that was terrible. Uh (laughs) And then issue five came out, and I was like, oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because, you know, once they announced that Hickman was doing the Infinity crossover, I was like, "Uh, maybe this has something to do with it, so I picked it up. Now, I I very much agree with you. It is very much a cosmic-scale epic story like New Avengers. Um, But what I liked about New Avengers is that it still had all the characterization and character moments for those characters that kept me invested in the book. Whereas Avengers just seemed to be the idea book with some action in it, and it could have been any cast of characters because there wasn't any real – there wasn't any character to it. You know, There there wasn't any investment as far as those characters. I mean you have a book with some of the best characters in the Marvel universe, and really I could give a shit less about any of them.
3: It was a huge change from Bendis' run on Avengers. Yeah, New very v- much. Because he was, he was all about the individual characters and what made them unique and different from each other.
1: Exactly. There were no quiet moments in Jonathan Hickman's first four issues. Um, now, Aaron, you read issue four, right? Uh, yes. And what did you feel about issue four? I didn't much care for it. Now, issue five this week. I talked Aaron into reading,
2: and and <laughs> now now here, here important note. Paul yeah. didn't talk me into buying it. I gave he it. Sent, to him. He sent me the digital code and said, <laughs> okay. "Read this." And I'm like, "Okay,
4: okay, <laughs> that's acceptable." Aaron.
2: Yeah, that's, that's so, different. And yeah. let me tell you, uh, this. Let's see, hold on. Let me look at what, look at our list here. Yeah, I'm going to say it. I am going to say the words. Book oh. of the week.
0: Oh, he said it. Yeah.
2: I, yeah. I this was fantastic and and I, I'd say it wayne, you would really enjoy this book because yeah. it's 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 the 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 kind of book you really enjoy um it takes is there a dog in it well uh no but there's kind of a superman in it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um you know period? <laughs> no actually it's it's super guardian and it's a a woman who uh becomes the superman figure um the it, granddaughter of Dan Dare. Yeah. I don't, yeah.
4: Dan Dare. Damn it. This is sounding awesome. <laughs> it is
1: pretty damn good. It is, I, I, I don't know if I'd call it the book of the week because there were, other than the aforementioned <laughs> uh, young
2: romance, it was a pretty good week for almost every book It was. Ever. It was a really good week. But this book, and maybe it's because the book surprised me so much, Paul. Yeah. Um, because I really wasn't expecting anything good out of this, despite the fact that you said, "Hey, I think you're really going to enjoy this." Um, you know, I don't trust most of what you say, um, <laughs> <laughs> but this book was fantastic, and it's not a linear story at all. You know, it, it tells you, you know, um, present, past, future. I mean, it's it's all over the place, kind of like Hickman does, but it ties together so well, and it's actually kind of a standalone book. You yeah, and it's about a. I'm sorry, go ahead. You don't have to have read Issue 4, and I don't think you got to read Issue 6. You could buy Issue 5, and you'd be good. And it is all about the Smasher character. I think her name's Smasher. Smasher,
1: yeah. Yeah, you know, so Jonathan Hickman at the, I think in Issue 3 of Avengers, he introduced all these new heroes without any type of explanation, whatever, you know, origins, anything like that. So I think he's kind of going back and explaining some of the characters a bit. And so this is where Smasher came from, who she is, that kind of thing. And Damn, it was just really good. Um, you know, art by Adam Kubert. Who draws a badass Hulk, by the way. Oh, yeah. I, I just, I, I, I highly recommend this issue. And it is it is very much standalone. Um, it, you know, ties a little in with what's going on in the Avengers book, but really not that much with what happened in the first four
2: issues. Yeah. It is beautifully illustrated, and the story is fantastically told. I, just, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And again, Wayne, if you get an opportunity, pick this book up because it was so good.
4: It's certainly interesting if I can read it by itself without needing to read anything before or after it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think you can. So let's talk about another book that uh, sucked but, <laughs> has a, but has a new creative team. Green Arrow number 17 features the new creative team of Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino uh, on art. And uh, it, it is a, a brand new arc uh, featuring a, 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 a cover that looks very much inspired by the Arrow TV series. And um, Which is so, very good. So, Aaron, you and Andrew read this book with me. Yes. What would yes. you guys think?
3: Well, I got to tell you, I'm a big fan of Jeff Lemire, and I continue to be a big fan of Jeff Lemire, but I'm not crazy about the Andrea Sorrentino art.
1: It seemed like he was trying too hard to do the Hawkeye book art.
3: It, is Andrea a guy? Uh, I think so. Okay. So, no, I agree. In fact, actually, that is what I thought. I thought it was just – my mind playing tricks on me because you know, they're both dudes with a bow. But when I was reading this, I was like
4: confused by that sometimes. Yeah.
3: Oh yeah. No, I do. (laughs) So, uh, but as I was reading through, I was like, man, this, this,
2: this looks a lot like the Hawkeye art. It does. I mean, and, and not just in the way he's drawing a panel, but the way he lays the book out has really got that David Aja kind of look to it.
3: Yeah. It's so, okay. Well, I'm glad I'm the only one who who was seeing that then, but I, and as you know, I'm not a huge fan of the Hawkeye art, so mimicking it it does not really win me over. Now, beyond that, what, what did you think of the writing? Oh, I love I love the storyline. I I like where it's going. I, of course, have not read the first sixteen issues, so some of these characters are new to me. Like, I'm sure Mister Emerson has had a big role uh, throughout the first sixteen issues with you know, interacting with Ollie. So the impact of what happens to him isn't probably as great on me. But uh, but but I like where it's going. I like how all these horrible things happened to him in the first six pages and now he's uh, and now he is on his own. I'm, I'm intrigued by the two new characters, at least one new character. I think that was introduced named Magus. And uh, uh, what did he call the other guy that was hunting Ollie? What was his name? Mm, I don't remember. The killer. Let's just call him the hunter for now. And, and I, yeah. I like the hunter. Uh, I both intrigued me. But what what did you think, Aaron?
2: You know, I, I, I did feel like, uh, in terms of the art direction of the book, I was getting what I prefer over in the Hawkeye book. Uh, I don't think that uh, the Andrea Sorrentino is uh, as effective as David Aja. But uh, in terms of the story, it interested me enough to come back for the next issue.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. It, it, I, did, I didn't think it knocked it out of the park. A lot of people are loving on it. yeah. And I didn't think it knocked it out of the park. What it read to me is, hey, I'm a new writer. This book sucked. So everything that for the first 16 issues, I'm just going to kill all those characters.
2: Yeah, that's exactly what it read. You know, I, yeah, Let's just clear the deck because all of that was crap. <laughs> well,
3: yeah. and he, but he's doing it in a very dramatic way. I mean it wasn't just like – Sure, yeah. He, he didn't yeah. just hand wave it. It was all like that one picture of his two buddies tied up together in yeah. the building saying, uh, you know, he says we're going to uh, – you know, we're sorry. We're sorry. He's making us – and, you know, she's gagged and uh, then the explosion. I thought it was good. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't dislike it. I just,
1: I didn't think it was fantastic. Uh, I, I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes, and it is very, very heavily inspired by the Arrow TV series. You and know, I he's I've hun-
3: okay. not watched that. I, I'm just saying, I have not seen the Arrow TV series, so that's um, actually, I think you're missing out.
1: Arrow is a really good TV series. Oh, Andrew. It is very good, and in that series, yeah. they just recently introduced a a black clad archer that he that is his nemesis, huh. and uh, you know obviously that that happened in this issue as well. So I think they're trying to appeal to that audience because the show's doing well, and uh, deservedly so. Yeah, yeah
4: I know we uh, talked about it when it came out, but Arrow has surprised me with just how good it is, and I'll it continues to-, to be.
3: Do any of you guys know if Arrow's on Hulu? Uh, it's
2: CW, so I think it is.
4: I'll have to check it out then.
2: So uh, a book that kind of snuck up on me this week, I didn't realize it was coming out until I was uh, purchasing my books. Was uh, Fearless Defenders number no. one featuring Valkyrie and Misty Knight? Uh, the book by uh, Colin, Colin Bun or Cullen Bun. Uh, now everybody knows I'm a huge Valkyrie fan, and I think I've got a couple of friends on this podcast who are also big Valkyrie fans. So
0: Aaron, yep. Uh, so I, I got i could
1: ask – well, because Aaron emailed me or Twittered me or whatever. He <laughs> contacted me in some form or fashion. My people <laughs> called his people. <laughs> H- homing pigeons landed. <laughs> yeah. And, and he said, are you reading Fearless Defenders this week? And I'm like, Fearless Defenders written by Cullen Bunn, the guy who wrote Defenders, the Deep, Fear Itself? Ugh. I don't think I'm going to. But then I looked at it, and I'm like, ah, it's Misty Knight, who I don't really care for. It's Valkyrie, who I like. But I'm like, fine, if freaking Aaron's going to read it, if he's asking me if I read it, which, <laughs> mind you, he asked me before he read it, which I didn't realize. <laughs> I'm like, if Aaron's recommending it to me, I should probably read it.
2: And what would you think, Paul?
3: I thought it was really damn good.
2: Yeah, I did too. It's a lot of fun. Yeah,
3: it, it is. It's only, it's only a first issue, so I'll, I'll, you know, we'll That's right. Uh, holds up but but i really you know i've never heard of will sliny or slinny yeah I, I really like the art as much as i'm not crazy about the Andrea sorrentino art i really enjoyed the will sliny art in this book
2: now does uh does uh misty knight's bionic arm look a little witchblady to you no <sighs> it looks yes totally, it looks totally witch bladey to
4: me. yeah i flipped through <sighs> this book and i so I saw the name and the name was interesting, but I flipped through and realized I just don't care about the characters. And then I saw that her arm looked kind of like the witch blade. It's like really, yeah. I didn't like the art in the book either, hey. so I didn't buy it. Oh, I love the
3: art the, but you know, it's called the Satan Claw, which is completely different from a witch blade. <laughs> come on, guys, come on. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm
1: a little confused as to why it's called the Defenders, because aren't the Defenders Hulk?
0: Yeah, Yeah, I don't think think there's any... Valkyrie has been a
4: long-term number of the Defenders in the past.
0: Yeah, Uh, yeah, my Defenders are Beast, Gargoyle, and Valkyrie, thank you very much. What? I I don't think... think Yeah,
4: Yeah, after the
0: original...
4: So going back to the original Defenders run, Dr. Strange found out at some point that they could not be the Defenders because if they were the Defenders, it would be the end of the world or something like that. So a new team of Defenders was created that was Valkyrie, Beast... Uh
0: Gargoyle
4: Gargoyle there were a couple of others Knights in man,
0: there Man Angel oh, Night so good I don't think it was Night Angel Hawk I thought Hawk it was, was Nighthawk Night Angel yeah. joined
4: when they moved over to the West Coast Okay He wasn't well, one of the original batch that they threw together but he did join
3: So I, I don't think them calling this book The Fearless Defenders is supposed to be a reference to the Defenders So uh
0: Tim God damn it Aaron What what what's the matter Tim I I love Valkyrie so much And and then you, it's it's like getting, it's like getting a dish of ice cream and then putting a crap sandwich on top of it. Because I hate Misty Knight so much. <laughs> really? Why do you hate Misty Knight? Oh, she's just so 70s derivative black exploitation crap. Oh, I it's don't. It's true.
3: That that's true. She is, She uh, knows. She, it's
0: like. We're, we're, oh, go ahead, Andrew. I'm sorry.
3: No, no. I want you to keep going. I was just going to say she even knows Kung Fu, for God's sake. But go you know,
0: on. You know, Where Luke Cage has, has grown as a character, Misty Knight has stayed deeply entrenched in her crea- creative uh, origin. It's true. And I just, I just don't like her. And so I'm reading this, and I'm like, okay, I like Valkyrie. Oh, God, it's another Misty Knight page. All right. <laughs> um, I don't know what to do. Now Valkyrie's kissing a girl. Okay, I kind of like that. <laughs> And then I kind of get I kind of like that. Yeah. And then I get to the end and it's like, son of a bitch, because I saw next issue who they're Uh bringing on. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to buy this. I hate this. God,
3: here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to hope that maybe for once, because they did Heroes for Hire, which featured Misty Knight. I thought, well, maybe they'll use this as a chance to move Misty Knight out of the 70s. And they didn't.
2: But no, they s- might they, they they might through the course of this run.
3: That's why I'm hoping now in this run I'm having the same hope I had then. I'm hoping that they use this to move her out of her 70s uh, box that she's imprisoned inside. I'm sure
4: your hope will be crushed. Who's giving the pr- next issue?
0: Uh, uh, well, I was teetering on, uh, just just finish this finish this roller coaster train wreck. I was teetering on the edge on this one and I was like, okay, I, I could put this down. I love Valkyrie, but God damn it. And then Danny Moonstars in the next issue. I'm like, oh, <laughs> no. So sad. Uh, I got to buy it, it. And it
3: looks – is it me or does it look like there's an actual action figure on the outside of the comic book? I
0: think that's just yeah. the way the cover looks. I think. Yeah, I think
3: that's how they drew the cover.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah.
2: Oh, shit. This, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I've I got big hopes for this book.
3: I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. If they could re- if they could start rehabilitating Misty Knight, this book would be amazing. I'm I'm this, not as I'm not as far as as Tim is on it, but I am also not a huge fan of how they portray Misty Knight.
0: This is like the burrito at the gas station. Aaron. <laughs> it, <laughs> it tastes, tastes good. Like a good idea at the time. <laughs> you like it while you're while you're having it, but in the end, you're gonna to suffer.
2: Now, did you, did you read the uh, the letters page? Uh, yeah. Where they were talking about the different uh, titles they were thinking of for mm-hmm. the book, you know, they they were like, you know, Valkyrie and the Fearless, Valkyrie and the Shield Maidens, Valkyrie Maiden of Shield. I was like, I would have bought all of those books.
0: <laughs> Valkyrie, Valkyrie Maiden of Shield is is the win.
3: Yeah, that is pretty hot. Yeah,
0: yeah. Maiden of it. Shield.
3: Yeah.
2: Anyway, I dug it. I dug the art. I dug the story. I am. Uh, I, I I can't wait for issue number two. And again, I can't believe this wasn't on my radar. But you know, I I just saw it when I was buying my digital books this week. I was like, huh, in. So,
0: yay. 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 So books I've been suckered into
2: by Aaron, by the way, now. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, Ed Brubaker completed his run of Winter Soldier with issue 14. Yep. And uh, so we Did got a gr- gr-
3: great job. Great run.
2: Yeah. It was fantastic, you know, run on that book uh, with Bucky Barnes, you know, uh, being the Winter Soldier, working for S.H.I.E.L.D., Black uh, Widow, yeah, Black Widow, Nick Fury. You even had some Wolverine in there and some other guys. Uh, it was really a strong story. So, you know, the question comes down to, uh, you know, how is the new story going to be with the new creative team of Jason Latour, Nick Klein, and Joe Caramagna? Um, and uh, I picked it up. I'm the only one who picked it up because you know my good friend Andrew uh, decided to sit back, decided to not not participate. Aaron? sit on the sidelines and watch the, game, you know, figured,
4: watch the
3: game I figured Aaron that you could be the my canary in this coal mine and, <laughs> and I noticed I didn't hear any twittering from you over the week about it so I figured that meant you must have died yeah this book was awful <laughs>
2: uh, it really was uh, the uh, you know there there are elements of the artwork that I thought worked but um, but all in all, there was very little dynamism in the in, in the artwork. Um, in fact, some of the movements of the characters are just wooden, like they're built out of blocks. Um, the story isn't there. Um, I'm out. I'm out. Uh, you know, I will buy my uh, Winter Soldier collected uh, you know collected edition. Perhaps they'll do something like an ultimate edition where you know you've got all 14 issues in the same book, and I can just pretend that issue number 15 didn't happen. Yeah. So. Anyway, well, so I was I was disappointed, but you know it it it's at least that clear marker. You know we're like, oh okay, I can be done now.
3: <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's the end. You can stop and yeah. move on to something else now. Yeah. But one one thing we didn't really talk about didn't have on the agenda, uh, Aspen, which uh, I know mainly from Chris Magic is doing a uh, uh, ten and ten. I believe it's called where they're doing ten issue ones over ten months, one a month, ninety nine cents each. Uh, my good friend Paul uh, turned me on to this, and the first one they came out with this month was called Legend of the Shadow Clan. Uh, ninety-nine cents on Comicsology—I I thought it was a damn fun book. If you like ninjas, check it out. Yeah, for ninety-nine cents. I
1: mean, really, it's worth the shot. The shot. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah it's Aspen's it's a full-sized. Some, I say book. Aspen's doing some interesting things right now. I know I am really enjoying Idolized. Their attempt at a superhero book.
3: I mean, it's twenty-five pages for ninety-nine cents. That's uh, that's a steal. But but Paul, what do we have coming up next week? Yeah, Paul. Paul.
1: Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, next week we have Star Wars two from DC Comics, and Star Wars issue two, not part two. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you for clarifying. <laughs> <laughs> we have. Batgirl number seventeen, Batman and Robin number seventeen, and the conclusion of Death of the Family Batman number seventeen.
2: Oh my god, mm. I'm I'm gonna have to call in sick on Wednesday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that, that that is the book I will
1: be buying, like when I wake up Wednesday morning and reading before I go to work.
3: <laughs> yeah, I picture Aaron lying in his bed with the iPad at five a.m. reading. <laughs> Yeah. Um, also,
1: uh, for hardcover trade waiters, um, Batman Night of the Owls, the yeah. crossover, uh, not not the Batman issues, but the actual crossover
2: right. issues are released in hardcover this week. And uh, uh, I, I got my notice yesterday from Amazon. Uh, the prices are really good over there for those. Yeah, yeah, they are. So I'm going to get that.
1: Um, also, Katana number one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm guessing <laughs> I'm, I'm probably going to get it. Um, Superboy number seventeen. Yep. From uh, Hell on Earth. We also have uh, from Marvel Avengers Arena and Avengers Assemble, uh, Fantastic Four, Wolverine and the X Men, and two brand new—well, not brand new—two new volumes: uh, Secret Avengers number one and Uncanny X Men number one.
4: Yeah, I'm and, uh, not sure if you guys are still reading it, but Superbia comes out next week as well. Yep. Yes. Uh, yeah. Is anyone going to get Secret Avengers? Uh, who's, on, who's on it? um
1: hawkeye black widow nick fury jr um who's, what's who's his write, face
3: who's writing it
1: i think it is written by nick
3: spencer I oh like i nick spencer I, I do like nick spencer yeah, yeah and I, it's, I like it, morning it, glories i like uh forgetless or forgetful I, I, anyway um i like <laughs> nick Spencer.
1: yeah it, it, it has it's very much a uh, a movie-centric team with hawkeye uh uh, Black Widow, Nick Fury Jr. is the the, the Black Nick Fury, um, and Agent Coulson.
3: Well, it's always going to be about race with you. Um,
1: <laughs> <No>.
0: <laughs> and uh,
4: Luke Ross is on art. Did Next you just week, ask is Paul who
0: be. writes for Latino Review, I'd have to. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Next week is going to be such a big week. We've also got uh, Jim Butcher's Dresden File Ghoul Goblin Number Two. I don't know if anyone else has been reading that, but if I you're did, a yeah. Dresden yeah. fan, that's really good. good.
3: It was oh. issue one
1: was great. Ooh, look at this. All right. So Mockingbird, Taskmaster, a new Iron Patriot, Hulk, and the Winter Soldier are also on the Secret Avengers.
3: Uh, I, I like the expenser, but I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to flip through the preview pages aside. I'll give the first issue a shot. Then I probably will, too, because I'm, I'm a follower, Paul. You
0: like, gave <laughs> it the kiss of death, Paul. You said the word Mockingbird. You know what I'm
3: Ugh. not going to buy? I'm going to call it now. You know what I'm not buying? I'm not buying
0: Infinity. <laughs> I think you are.
3: I think you are. I think you are. are. No, no, they suckered me into trying out AVX, and I regret it to this day. I'm not doing it. Yeah, I think you are. I I,
2: I think you are. And uh, I I think that you'll wind up wearing the t-shirt. I think. (laughs) I think. I think if someone gives me a free digital code, maybe, maybe. I think that
4: you're going to buy it, and it'll be a five ninety nine book. You are. (laughs) You are twenty dollars since I I don't. (laughs) I'm going to support you on this, Andrew, because I don't plan on buying it either. Oh, uh, you guys suck! I'm buying it. You guys it.
0: will no, be no, buying no. Age of Ultron. Just shut up. Exactly. No, I want to you. I want to put
3: you guys in the Wayback machine, real quick. There we Remember go. Remember when um. they started talking about AVX? And I think everyone on this podcast was like, oh, it sounds dumb. I'm not getting it. it. Sounds horrible. What an awful idea! And then the Marvel marketing machine sucked us all in and got us all excited about it with covers and, and little teasers and all what that. And we all bought it. And one guess issue. what? You, some issue. of us only one issue. Right? Some four issues. A couple of us went twelve, but is anyone here gonna say it was a good crossover? I went balls deep into AVX. And was it good? <laughs> no. No yeah. but, but, but infinity,
2: but infinity, that's <laughs> gonna be the one that makes
3: it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's all I need to say. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I think we're good on that point. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Have a good week.
1: Bye.
2: Guys. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.